Today, I'm talking with Jay DeVillier, and he is one of the top professionals in the game after bursting onto the scene just a couple years ago. We have a really interesting conversation about the professionalism in pickleball and what it takes to bring the sport to the next level. So let's get to the intro to hear from Jay. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, QJ. Yes, Jay Duvillier. It's great to have you on today, Jay. And thank you for doing that. As I've probably mentioned on the podcast a few times, I'm not good at pronouncing names and yours is definitely a challenge. But I also want to say and let everybody know, I mean, you're an amazing person because you're getting on this podcast with me Thanksgiving morning. So I, I know your schedule's really tight and you're always really busy. So it's kind of a funny time to get together. But hey, it, it I think it works for everybody. Yeah, it works out well. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, go. let's go ahead and get started where I usually start. I'm always interested in your story in terms of how you first heard about pickleball, got started playing, and how long ago that was. Yeah, no. So basically, I I started pickleball in 2019. Lucy Kovalova, Matt Wright uh, from Wichita, needed someone with Jack Oxler to prepare for US Open 2018. So in 2018, I hit the first ball. And then I was looking for a director position in tennis, and nothing was open in Wichita. So they uh, opened a chicken and pickle in Wichita, Kansas. And I got the job to be the director there. And I thought I, I needed to have more experience in pickleball if I was going to be the director. So I started really playing in 2019. And, and yeah, from there, I got hooked and decided to play professionally in 2020. And 2020 was a bit challenging with COVID. So I played from January to March. And then the break started August again. And since then, I've been competing all the time. Needless to say, you have really exploded onto the scene, you know, just getting to so many finals and singles mixed and doubles in men's doubles. Tell me a little bit about your tennis background, because I, I know a lot of the pros, you know, top pros definitely come from either professional tennis or certainly division one college tennis. How did mm -hmm. you end up in uh, Wichita? Yeah, so I started playing tennis when I was four years old and tennis brought me a bit everywhere. I did my high school in Spain and then I, I tried to compete on the professional tour, but I got very, I, I got a bad injury on my back and I had a stress fracture on two vertebras and that led me to uh, decide to go to college. My wife was in Florida International University at the time. And I went to visit and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And yeah, from there, I was looking for schools and I ended up in uh, Wichita, Wichita State University Division One. It was, I'm not going to lie, it was a very weird experience for me because I didn't do my research at all. I was just looking for a Division One and uh, a full scholarship at the time. And Wichita State offered me that. And so that's how I ended up there. That must have been quite a culture. It was. Yeah, no. Arriving at the airport, I remember my English wasn't that good at the time. And and at the airport, I asked, in which terminal am I? 
and they, they started laughing and they say there's only one terminal here and six gates only so because you know i was so used to to Charles de Gaulle, one of the biggest airports in the world, and then arriving in Chicago was the same thing. So, yeah, I was, yeah, that was pretty uh, shocking to me to see how small the airport was and and the countryside of it. But um, people have been so nice here, and yeah, and you end up loving the city, and it just it's just fun to be here now. I was going to ask you if you were still in, in Wichita, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you and your family are. But, you know, if you think about pickleball, you know, there's certainly chicken and pickle. But how much of a hotbed of pickleball is it there in Wichita? And, you know, how difficult is it to find other players to uh, compete against? You know, truly, we are very fortunate in Wichita because, again, there is uh, Matt and Lucy that are here, Patrick Smith, my doubles partners, and there are a lot of five O's that we have here that are very good as well. So, you know, we're very lucky for being such a small town and in the middle of nowhere kind of, but there are a lot of pros, so it's not bad at all. We are very lucky. Now, you mentioned your doubles partner, Patrick Smith. Mm-hmm. How did you guys connect? Was it just through pickleball or did you know him from tennis? It was through tennis. So very, he, he, you know, he was down, he was done with tennis and, and he was still practicing. And when I was in college, I needed the extra practice outside. So Patrick was open to, to play with me. So we became good friends. And when I started the journey in pickleball, everyone had already partners set up to, to play with each other. And it was very hard for me to find partners. So I decided to to call him and say, hey, listen, would you be interested? I know your job is pretty flexible. You're busy, but would you be interested in playing some tournaments with me? Because just to build my name and, and maybe, you know, who knows, you get into it as well. And I think uh, he got hooked as well. And we started playing all the time. And so he had never played pickleball until you asked him to participate in a tournament? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I I run. I I used to run a league in chicken and pickle, and I needed more players, so I I recruited kind of a lot of tennis players to. So yet played a bit like that in the league, but nothing at all before. No no competition, nothing. So the first tournament he had was with me, so it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Since you do know Patrick very well prior to pickleball. What's it like, you know, partnering with him? Is it helpful because you guys have been friends for a longer period of time? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of a lot of people don't, I would say, underestimate the importance the importance of a good partnership with Patrick. You know, him being my friend and him being able to practice with me and willing to get better every time was a huge help. And I think working together has helped us tremendously. And when you're playing with just random players, it's much harder to build that chemistry. So I feel like, yes, it was a huge help to be able to have him as a friend and play with him and get better together. Now, are there any challenges playing with him? Not really. I mean, again, like it's probably due to our friendship. It's very simple for me to, it was very simple for me to talk to him, maybe sometimes being a bit, I would say maybe rude, a bit ruder just for the reason that I know with our friendship, we could get away with it. Like, like if, you know, when you're playing with someone, sometimes you're a bit reserved and you don't want to, you don't, you don't know how to communicate properly with Patrick. I never had this problem. So it has been always fun. And, you know, uh, you know, it's just, it was just a, always like a great experience to be on court with him. 
Now, you had said that you had played tennis for, you know, since you were four years old. So for a very long time, and then you <laughs> experienced that significant back injury and, and stress fracture. Was that, did that end up being kind of a, a blessing in disguise for you? I guess so. I mean, I, I always think that everything happens for a reason. I don't know if it was a blessing. I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I, you know, I'm never, I don't have any regrets. I wish I could have played a bit more professional to see how good I could have been. And, you know, it's very hard. It's a very competitive world. But in, this, in the same time, I had a great experience in Wichita. I met a lot of people and new opportunities and then started playing pickleball. So, yeah, maybe, you know, all, all this is connected. I don't know. <laughs> so how is the pickleball professional culture different from the tennis professional culture? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I feel like when I started in 2019, the first time I felt pickleball players were not professional for the reason that they were not making a living out of it. So they were not committing at 100%. So I feel that was a big shock for me. But in the same time, the sport was so new, it was still growing. But yeah, so that was definitely the biggest change is that you know, when you're making a living out of that, of a sport, then you're, you have to kind of perform as you're at your best by training, by doing so much outside of the court. And I feel like pickleball, no one had this opportunity to make money to be able to do this full time. Now it's getting more better and better with the help of sponsors, but I still think we're still lacking comparing to professional tennis player, the discipline they have just because they can generate more money and also and also that if you look at the lower level in tennis they they're kind of gambling hoping that if they make to the top they will make money where in, in pickleball we're still not there where the, the top players are making millions and and can do that you know or even like hundreds of thousands like it's really hard to do that without doing external things like teaching or exhibitions or new partnership with different companies. So I feel like that's where we're still slacking a bit in pickleball comparing to tennis. At this point then, do you feel like you're disciplined? I I think I am. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you comparing to when I was playing tennis. I'm not as professional as I used to be just for the reason that, like I said before, I don't have the time that I used to have. I have two little ones at home family you know the family is taking a lot of time and again like i need to to if i don't perform on tournament i need to be to work and teach on the side so i can't really focus 100% like i used to do in tennis but i'm getting there and every time every year is getting more better and better like if you compare my 2020 to my 2021 it's already much better and i'm hoping to make those changes even better in 2022 so now, as the opportunities come to focus solely on playing the sport, what mm-hmm. will you be doing more of? Yeah, if you're focusing on playing, you know, the training aspect, like I, I believe like if you compare it to tennis player would practice at least three hours a day with three hours of fitness and and, and that takes a lot of time already. And then you have to think of all the outside, like how they take care of their body to be able to play for, for years and years. So there is so much off court that we don't see, but it's going to start to happen more and more in pickleball just to be able to play 
to play longer. And since the level is getting better every year, you have to be in a better shape and you will have to be ready for that. And and I think that's where we're getting at slowly, but every year it's better and better. So You've talked about the preparation that's really needed from a physical perspective. What about mm-hmm. from a, a mental perspective or a study of the game perspective? Yeah, no, that's for sure. Again, this goes back to to the financial aspect. If you look at how tennis players do, they have a coach that does that for them so they can just focus on their training as a study of the game. That's, that's huge. I, I feel like the top players right now are doing it. The, the better you know the players, the more chances you have to find their weaknesses. So you're absolutely right on that aspect. It's very important. And, and even the mindset, how to prepare for tournaments and things like that. A lot of, a lot of tennis players have, have uh, helped from mental coaches or even psychologists that can help them control emotions better. I think, again, we are not at that point yet where it's just us and just one person right now that is really working as hard as possible and it's not a team yet, but eventually it will get there. Any guess as to when it will get there? You know, truly, it's very hard to tell because just from my you know, from my perspective, and I haven't been playing the game as long as some players, but I feel like just in two years, how quickly it grew. If it keeps going at that pace, I'm hoping in the next three years that the sport will be there where you see players coming to tournament with a staff and um, with a staff, well, like, a, like a coach at least, and maybe, maybe, maybe more, you know. When you look at, for instance, the top tennis players like Djokovic, they go to, to Grand Slams, with five or six important people from their team that could be like the fitness coach, the coach, the mental coach, the physio, all these things. So I think eventually it will get there. But in the next three years, I I feel already that some players will have coaches and more help, at least on their side. It seems like the Major League Pickleball experience kind of is moving things into a really interesting direction. What was it like to compete in that event? You know, it was very, very, very different. I really like the team aspect. Um, you know, it was like going back to college kind of where you cheer for your friends and, and you want them to win for the team. It was a weird feeling because I have I had never cheered for Impeccable. I had never cheered for for another team than, than me or my part and my partner. It was a weird feeling, but I really enjoyed it. And I hope it, you know, I, it's happening again next year. So I, I hope I... I will be able to get drafted again and experience it again because it was really fun. I had Lee Whitwell on the podcast a couple days ago and uh, you guys had some interesting singles points, didn't you? Don't bring it up, Lynn. Don't bring it up. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I asked you beforehand, could we talk about it? No, absolutely not. She, you know, she's a very, very tricky player in my opinion, because she's very talented. And, uh, and, you know, when you're playing rally scoring in singles and, is a pressure first is on the is on is on the male player I feel like and she's very talented and she knows that and she knew if she could connect she would be very dangerous and she did it against against Deckel and against me so yeah no she's amazing yeah and you're quite tall and I, I don't know if you like this nickname or not but I, I know some people have referred to you as the flying Frenchman what do you think of that nickname you know I mean it's it, it, I don't mind it. You know, it's a nickname. I, I actually didn't know why it got started because I never, I, I didn't think I was earning that much or moving that much 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't bother me at all. And, um, I, I just, uh, try to do my best on the court and then, and that's it. All right. Well, one of the things that I have not talked about on the podcast, and anytime I get somebody at your level, I always like to talk a little bit about something instructional. And you did mention the Ernie. I haven't talked about the Ernie on the podcast. And, you know, Uh there's some players who are probably not going to know what that is at all. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, Ernie is actually when uh, you're trying to to close the nets, basically. As you know, you are not able to step in the non-volley zone also called the kitchen so basically the Ernie is when you're jumping from a side to the other side of the court uh, on the outside of the court and get as close as the net as possible so you can hit the ball in a volley so it's not easy to explain but I hope I made it clear enough yeah Yeah. you, you did a good job with that now is that a shot that you hit very often when you're playing Yes and no. I mean, every time there is an opportunity for me to to do it, I will do it. Usually, it's easier to to do that shot when someone plays down the line, so then you can jump right across like that. So, now is that something that you teach to your students? I'm not a big fan of teaching that because, again, it's more situational points. So it's more about reading the game. So I rather teach them to read the ball more and see how they move. And then if you're able to read the game very well, this will come naturally. You know, it's uh, a lot of times players struggle with perceiving the ball or stopping moving, not moving as a team and things like that. So I'm more focused on that. And I know that when they get better, you know, just by watching pros and, and players doing it, they they start seeing those things more often and then they, they, can, they manage to create that shot more often. Obviously, the Ernie is not a shot that you hit in tennis. Did you practice it much before you started to use it in tournaments? Not really. Again, it's, it's funny because in tennis, we don't have that kind of shot because we can get as close as the net as possible. So I... You know, when you play doubles, they, they teach you to be very close at the net and closing so to be able to not miss in the net. So for me, when I played pickleball for the first time, I had a hard time not getting into the non-volley zone in the kitchen. It was for me uh, very, uh, very challenging to stop and not step in because we, us tennis players, we usually have the tendency to close and keep moving forward where here you have to, to stay behind that stay behind that line so I was like if I can jump and close I will keep doing that so it became very natural right away I was not good at it at the beginning because I was always biting on the line but then by doing it over and over I started you know executing better all right well it is Thanksgiving day so Jay I am just going to finish up with a couple questions here Mm mm-hmm which pickleball paddle do you use and why do you like it? I use the Vulcan V560, the control one. There is a control and a power and I use a control. I prefer, you know, it's a great paddle. They, I used to play with the V510 and then the V540. So I was trying a lot of their products when I just joined the company. I joined Vulcan in 2019. And, and yeah, so they, they didn't have a paddle, but that I liked at the time. I mean, there were a lot, but I liked something, but not everything. Oh, this one is great, but I'm missing this. So 
So they designed the B560 to 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 really get everything that I wanted, and and so I really like that pedal because it's a bit longer, not too, it's not too thick, but it's not too thin either. It's like I on a 13 millimeter, so it's it was just a great fit, and the control one generate a little adds a little more grit which allows me to play with a little more top spin whereas the power is a bit slicker so you get more power out of it and and so yeah no i've been uh i've been very thankful for all the hard work they've put in to to make me the best player i can be so now if somebody wants to get a hold of you perhaps are interested in a clinic i don't know if you teach outside the wichita area Where's the best place to find out, you know, when and where you're teaching or just to get in contact with you? Yeah, so I'm actually working on my website right now. So my website will be on in on beginning of 2022 in January. So everything will be online. You will have access to, to my tournaments, to, to the clinics that I do and where I am uh, during the year. So everything will be online. And also the best way to reach out to me is usually through Facebook and Instagram. Usually. Um, very active on those two platforms and you can always email me as well and all my information are on my social media so and what's the web address for your website which will be out in 2022 it's not out yet but it will be normally jdevilliepickable.com all right well perfect jay Thank you so much for being on the podcast i really appreciate you spending me here at 30 minutes on thanksgiving day Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 